2: That's a wrap, yo. That's
3: a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope they got some laughs, some good entertainment.
2: This is Warriors Wrap Up on ninety five seven. The game.
4: Pool crosses half court, and the Golden State Warriors are moving on, moving on to round two. The take of the Los Angeles Lakers. Mike Brown, Steve Kerr, with a big hug at center court. Great job by Mike Brown and his staff all year long. Final score, Golden State 120, Sacramento
5: 100. And the Golden State Warriors advance. The Warriors do advance as we welcome you inside. Warriors wrap up here at Golden One Center in Sacramento. It's John Dickinson with you here on 95.7. The game uh, will open up the phone lines right off the top of the show here. 888-957-9570-8889 seven ninety Let's react to this one as the Warriors survive and advance, and that is the name of the game. Plain and simple. It winds up being a blowout thanks to a lot of really good second half Warriors defense. Kevon Looney hitting Sacramento on the boards, but let's not bury the lead. I mean, this was an absolutely historic, incredible out-of-this-world performance from Steph one of the all-time greats and one of the all-time big moments with his team dragging in terms of intensity, short turnaround, quick quick rest game in a Game 7 with the Warriors, as much as they've struggled on the road this season in a do-or-die situation to avoid being eliminated in the first round, still having these championship aspirations. And Stephen Curry, from an offensive standpoint, put the Warriors on his back to score the most points in a Game 7 in NBA history, as Steph finishes with 50 in this one on 20 of 38 shooting, 7 of 18 from 3, missed a couple of free throws again, which was a little bit odd, and at times it felt as if the Warriors were going to get burned potentially by their inability to consistently make free throws in this game. They finished 19 of 30. And the Kings led by one at the end of the first quarter. Sacramento was up two at the half, but the Warriors put the clamps down in the third. And it was a couple of different plays for the Warriors as they took control of this one. It was the get the ball to Steph Curry play, and it was the Steph Curry go get the ball play. And he ends up with 50, again, the most ever in a game seven, surpassing Kevin Durant's 48, Dominique Wilkins, and Sam Jones each had 47 going back through the annals of nba history and the warriors are moving on uh moving on as uh, they win 120 to 100 in a game that that looked like it was going to be just un- you know, no chance that the warriors were going to be able to escape sacramento without some semblance of of drama but uh, the warriors able to get it done here with the defense and the incredible performance by Stephen Curry, just the second player of age 35 or older to score 200 points in a playoff series, Michael Jordan, the only other and so when you just look at this performance in the annals of all-time great performances not only this game with the 50 in the closeout do or die but just this series and it's funny I was texting back and forth with some media members from from Sacramento over the last couple of days as the series ended up tied at three games apiece, and and just going through you know who the best player in the series was and I think you could make the case through the first two games it was De'Aaron Fox and then with the series tied at two to two the Warriors go back to chase and even things up and then it was Curry. Warriors come into Golden 1 Center and take the 3-2 lead and it's Curry at that point given the fact that he had been so outstanding in the three wins plus he was pretty good in the two losses. Kind of a toss-up after game six and what a clunker the Warriors laid up there but Stephen Curry with a bullet hands down best player of the series and maybe the best player of the first round of the playoffs altogether with the 200 points again most in a playoff series, and just the second player uh, ever age 35 or older to score 200 points in a playoff series uh, as Michael Jordan in the ninety eight finals against Utah and the Eastern Conference finals against Indiana able to do that in both of those series so eight and eight nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero Steph Curry the last uh, becoming the, the latest warrior to score fifty in a playoff game, Kevin Durant did it four years ago in L.A. as the Warriors dispatched of the Clippers in that first round series and then you look at at Steph becoming the fifth Warrior to score at least 50 points in a playoff game joining and, and this is some unbelievable company Durant, who we just mentioned doing it against L.A. Wilt Chamberlain who did it four times, Rick Barry, of course, the Hall of Famer and the all-time great and champion in his own right, and then Eric Sleepy Floyd, who did it in the Sleepy Floyd is Superman game back in the 1987 playoffs against the Lakers, and that is who the Lakers, uh, or the Warriors now will face, is those Lakers, and the Dubs checking off some boxes here as they start to move forward this playoff ladder, had never played Sacramento, and they're decade-plus long run in the playoffs, and now they're going to play the Lakers for the first time in this decade-plus long run, leaving only Phoenix and Minnesota now as teams that the Warriors have not faced in postseason play here during their run of dominance going all the way back to 2013. 888 957 What can you say about Steph Curry and, and his performance in this one. Some other thoughts just on the game to kind of set the table here while the phone calls and the text messages start to load in here. And we will hear from Steph. We'll hear from Steve Kerr. We'll hear from Clay Thompson in the interview room here in Golden One Center as the Warriors able to to get that win. But some, some thoughts. Uh, first quarter, Draymond Green back in the starting lineup. Steve Kerr making that adjustment. And the Warriors, you could tell, were much more patient right from the start, running their offense to completion, getting a a dunk for Kavon Looney on the first play, but then a little bit impatient after that. But the Warriors able to, for the most part, withstand a little bit of a push from Sacramento off the top. They limited their turnovers in this game. Story of the game for the Warriors, seven turnovers. And so they did not give away the extra possessions. They did not giveaway getting crushed on the offensive boards as they ended up with and and not only did they not get crushed on the boards but they wind up with 18 offensive rebounds themselves and the aggressor and the team that controlled that possession game was basically the victor in all of these games in, in the seven game series and the Warriors able to do it in this one patience They fixed some of their spacing issues. We talked about, hey, were the Warriors not locked in or thrown off by the adjustments that Sacramento made in Game 6? Or were they fatigued? And if they were fatigued, that didn't bode well for the quick turnaround and playing on the road where the Warriors had struggled so much in, in the regular season. But they fixed the spacing. They cut down on the turnovers. They were patient in running their offense. And they handled the boards. And Kavon Looney was a freaking monster. In this game, again, third time in this series for Looney to have 20 or more rebounds. He had 21 boards and 10 on the offensive glass, including some backbreakers that I think broke the Kings' spirit in the third quarter as the Warriors ramped up the defense. But the Kings were kind of hanging around because the Warriors, other than Curry, couldn't really hit a shot at that point. And the Warriors were getting to the free throw line, but missing their free throws as well. And so it, it just had the feel of a game that was just kind of hanging there for Sacramento. And we've seen all throughout this series how the Kings can hit you with a quick six zero eight zero run. And the game was right there in that 7-10 to point range. And you were thinking to yourself, is that going to as this game heads down the fourth quarter stretch, hurt the Warriors, their inability to to stick a couple of buckets, their inability to get to the free throw line and make their free throws. But it was just Looney continuing to dominate on the glass And that coupled with Steph Curry, a timely Klay Thompson four-point play at the end of quarter number three that gave the Warriors, I think, the separation they probably earned for the way they played defensively and rebounded the basketball in that third quarter. So you looked up after three, and the Warriors were still, at that point, uh, up 10 going to the fourth quarter. And so it felt like there was enough breathing room to where if they could continue to – to lay on it and and do what they've been doing through uh, that third quarter that they'd be able to to carry that home to victory and the Warriors able to carry it home to victory and carry it home to victory without much drama. Mike Brown calling off the dogs, waving the white flag. It was all handshakes and hugs and smiles. And I think Stephen Curry leaving Golden 1 Center basically... It, it not stunned I, I think it was a you know kings fan base obviously celebrating what was a, an unforeseen year in being the third seed in the western conference and winning their 48 games but I, I think curry just left everybody's jaw agape that was at golden one center uh in in this one and i think it was just based on the fact that that Steph, uh, you know, was able to to do what Steph did. I mean, I, I think the the home fan base in Sac was kind of thinking, "Wow!" Like, got beat by an all time legendary performance, fifty points from Steph Curry, and and just incredible, just an incredible all time great, historic. One of those when you look back in the history of the Warriors and their dynastic run, you're going to to say and and think to yourself, you know, where was I when I watched Steph Curry do this or that? And I think the the Kings fans and the Warrior fans that were either in the building or watching this game, that's going to be a, a lasting. Memory, uh, I think, from this series as the Warriors take it four games to three. So eight at eight nine five seven ninety five seventy triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. How you feeling, Warrior fans? As the Dubs get the job done, one twenty to one hundred. Uh, I think everybody's probably breathing a collective sigh of relief among the Warrior fan base, considering the fact that it did feel as if the Warriors had. A clamp down on this series after game five, but we all probably should have known better with the Warriors and the way that they've played uh, over the course of this season. That just when you thought they had it, they were going to make you think they didn't. But the champion's blood and the DNA and the pedigree, all of that was very much there. And I think you saw the Kings get a little bit panicked, a little bit tight in that third quarter as the Warriors put the clamp down. And they were able to gain some separation that ultimately allowed them to prevail. So, triple eight nine We'll start with Frank in San Rafael here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Frank.
6: Wow, what an amazing game. Uh, I'm a 60-year-old man, and I love the Warriors my whole life since, like Rick Barry. And uh, the Warriors brought me back to liking again because, you know, I kind of stopped watching it after... Uh, Michael Jordan retired. I don't know why. But I'm a huge Warrior fan, and I'm so happy for them that they're going to probably win the NBA championship. They're just a class act organization. I'm not surprised because they got Kerr, who's like the Spurs and the uh, Bulls all in one. It's amazing. I'm happy for the whole
7: Bay Area.
5: Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. I don't know about going and and winning the NBA championship. I think it's one step at a time at this point, but everybody – that watched this game witnessed something incredibly historic and, and special uh, that, that Steph Curry put out there in an elimination game, do or die, most points ever scored in a Game 7 in NBA history, and Steph just rising to the occasion. He refused, along with a gritty performance by his teammates led by Kevon Looney and Draymond Green, and we'll get to Clay Thompson, who, who didn't shoot it well and wasn't playing well for a second consecutive Sunday, but ended up doing a lot of the other things to help his team win, even though he was 4 of 19 at, at the end of this one. But yeah, just a special, special performance witnessed by everybody. Let, let's go to Chandler uh, in Alameda, who's next here on ninety five seven. The Game. Hey, Chandler, good, uh, good Sunday afternoon to you.
8: Yes, to you, too. I want to tell you that I was the only girl on a basketball team back in the 50s. Now, Okay. About eight months ago, I wrote myself a list of heroes. It's a short list, five people on it. My mom, Marcus Aurelius, Epictetus, Nelson Mandela's and Stephen Curry. (laughs) I lost my partner eight months ago, a 64-year relationship. I used my heroes to motivate myself to get through it, to get through the loss. Today, I've added a sixth person to my list, Gary Payton. I saw his photograph several weeks ago in the San Francisco Chronicle. I saw that photograph, and I said to myself, wow, that is the picture of happiness. I cut it out, and I stuck it where I keep my other heroes that I look at every day. Today, Gary Payton, to me, showed the magic, the source of the magic. There was a second photograph of him that day in the Chronicle, and... I looked at that second photograph, and I also cut it out. I said to myself, that is the look of absolute focused determination. Today I heard it. I listened on my Bose radio system, and I saw Gary Payton try and not succeed, and then I saw him two more times try to give that support to Stephen Curry. And that time, the second photograph spoke to me, and I said, There's the source of the magic. I saw a movie a long time ago called A Midsummer Night's Dream in which Mickey Rooney played the part of a little sparkling sprite flitting about throughout the entire movie. And I'll never forget that performance. You guys, Go see a Midsummer Night's Dream. There you'll see the source of the magic. Now, I have two, two champions on my list, and I can't thank everybody enough for being there for these guys. All of them, all of them. This is the magic of life, and that is all I have to say.
5: Chandler, thank you so much for calling in. Really appreciate it. So sorry for your loss about your partner. And you add Gary Payton II to your list of heroes to go with Steph Curry and your mom and others. Terrific stuff. I thought you were going to add Kavon Looney uh, as well to it, but uh, what, what, a, what a heartfelt sentiment here uh, as the Warriors get the win and move on to the second round of the playoffs. Chandler, you can feel free to, to call me anytime here on Warriors Wrap Up, and I appreciate you listening, and, and we, uh, of course, appreciate you listening here uh, on 95.7 The Game. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday and enjoy the next round as the Warriors are going on to take on the Lakers in round two and it's going to come quick fast and in a hurry for the Warriors as they'll get about 48 hours plus a few to get back to the bay and probably take a day off to gear up and prep for the Lakers and then the Warriors and the Lakers at seven o'clock from Chase Center that's right The Warriors are going to end up with home court advantage in the second round of the playoffs because they are the sixth seed and the Lakers are the seventh seed. And so you look at Denver and Phoenix, who got their series underway last night with Denver taking it to the Suns. The Nuggets, the number one overall seed in the Western Conference and the Lakers and Warriors are going to go at it in the other side of the bracket. And that is a six versus seven. Saw the note here that uh, the first time in NBA history since they went to the 16-team playoff format in 1984, the round of eight has one team that's each seed, one through eight. Uh, Denver, Denver being the one in the East. You've got Boston and Philly two, three. You've got Phoenix, the four seed coming out of the West, and then you've got the Knicks who are the five in the East. The Warriors and Lakers six, seven in the West, and then Miami with their upset in Milwaukee is was the eight in the East. So if you combine them all together, you've got one of each seed here uh, in the round of eight. And so the Warriors in the 6-7 means the Dubs get home court advantage against LeBron and the Lakers. And, wow, that's going to be a hell of a series. You want to weigh in on your, your thoughts on the next series? I might be a little spent from this series to do that in too much depth. I, I almost need that day to kind of gear up for it. But if you want to weigh in on that, feel free to do it uh, at 888 95-70, but uh, the Lakers remade their team. You know, the, the Lakers were a, a bad basketball team at the trade deadline. They revamped their team. They've been a much better basketball team since then, and that should be a hell of a series with Steph versus LeBron in the playoffs for the fifth time, going back to those four prior NBA Finals matchups from 2015 to 18, where Steph and the Warriors got the – Jump on LeBron, and then the Cavaliers winning three out of four. Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. Back to the phones we go. Philmo, Mike, the only man that can follow the beautiful Chandler in Alameda. Uh, Philmo, you're on 95.7, The game on on Warriors wrap up. And this the beauty. isn't this the beauty of radio, my man. Uh, it, it, I mean, it, it just it's it's all people. Uh it's all people from all different kind of lifestyles and backgrounds and ages chiming in and being Warrior fans and enjoying a victory. What what's going on, Filmo? And you know what?
9: You right, you're right about that, JD, but we gotta keep it real. It, the Warrior fans is one hell of a people. Every you know, Monte fans come together, but it's nothing like you always said, you always said when Steph Curry make a shot. Everybody get louder like it's crazy. He brought everybody together and it's him that's bringing everybody together and he's the he, he's like he's like a he's a bro he's a like he's like a Jordan. Like He's like Jordan, blood, like straight up. It's like you talk to people that don't know nothing about basketball, they're going to say, well, he could dunk, and he's hella tall. It's easy for him. When I see Curry play, he's 35 feet away and making a shot. It looks harder. He's a joy to watch. Hey, Philbo, Philbo.
5: I'm going to jump in here real quick, Phil Mo. I'll let you finish your call. I can't tell you, just to your point, I can't tell you how many text messages. I must add 18 text messages between the time the game ended and going down to the press conference and starting this show from all kinds of friends that don't even watch basketball, aren't even hardcore sports fans, that were like and, – and every single one of the texts, Phil Mo, was Curry, Jesus, my God, Curry – Oh, my God, Curry. Like, it was just, it was like, dude, Curry. Like, there were, I had like 18 or 20 of them, again, not even from close friends, but just people knowing what I do and that happen to be watching the game that, that aren't even hardcore or even Warrior fans that, that, that took the time and appreciated the greatness that they were watching.
9: Oh, my God, it, it, it's just crazy. He just brings everybody together. And for, for LeBron and Curry to me, I don't, all I'm going to say is this. It's going to be a legacy-defining series because that's what happened. It was supposed to be LeBron era. He ended up sticking around, and it's him and Curry era, man, because everybody want to see it. It's crazy.
5: Thank you, J.D., man. Keep doing your thing. Appreciate it, Phil Mo. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. I think Curry and LeBron's legacies are pretty well cemented at this point, but it's going to be a lot of fun, and that's going to be a ratings bonanza. If you think the Warriors King series was a ratings bonanza based on how competitive it was for seven games, look out because these next potential seven over two weeks are going to be absolutely incredible from that standpoint. And it all gets tipped off on Tuesday and we'll have it all for you right here on 95.7, the game. Let's go to sophomore in Pacifica next on warriors wrap up. Hey, sophomore, you're on with the JD here from Sacramento.
10: Uh, hey, JD. First of all, a uh, great job on handling things at every level, you know, real, real life is going on while sports are going on and they, they all overlap sometimes. So, so, I appreciate how you, how you dealt with that so sensitively. Um, to, to go to an earlier comment though, like people talking now about how the Warriors are destined to win the championship aren't <laughs> understanding what's going on. This is the biggest uphill time the Warriors have had in a long time. And every game they win and any, any and every series they win we got to just relax and appreciate it. They They are getting older. This team doesn't gel the way the team did last year. And every time they win, it's a small miracle, welcome, and we just need to lean back and appreciate it. If we get to see the final, we and they are all lucky people, and we should enjoy but also respect what they're accomplishing in the face of a lot of odds.
5: Thanks, Sophomore. No, that's an excellent point. And, and you're right. Appreciate the win. Appreciate the series. Appreciate uh, the, the tugs and pulls and the ups and downs that this one gave everybody over the course of the last 16 days this series went. Almost basically 21 days since we knew the matchup. you got to go all the way back to the end of the regular season on that Sunday, three weeks ago today, about 315. The, what, the Suns ended up losing to the Clippers. The Clippers were going to play Phoenix. The the Kings were going to play the Warriors. And so we basically knew this series was going to be for three weeks from start to finish. Had the long lead-up, had the, the back-and-forth with the Warriors dropping the first two, and uh, I've, I've got a note on the Warriors dropping the first two but still coming back to win the series, which is a, a hell of a, an impressive one. But I'm, I'm with you. I, I think we have to slow our roll, at least for a day or two, on the whole Warriors are going to win the title thing. Like, we may very well get there over the course of the next 2 weeks to a month to 6 weeks but we got a long way to go. The NBA finals don't start for a month plus a few days and the Warriors are going to have to win two series and here's the thing. You know this series will the Warriors were ragged tired at the end of this one and they had to play all 7 and they haven't had to do that in the first round before hell, they'd only had to do it three other times, period, before, and one of them was in the finals at at the very end. So this series will take a piece of the Warriors. The next series, if the Warriors are able to to win it, will take a piece of the Warriors. But it really isn't even about that. It's about just appreciating, I think – how long this team can just continue to keep on playing. This is kind of a, an underdog run in in many ways, even though the Warriors are maybe a slight favorite going into the, the second round series and the team that will have the home court advantage. So, you know, I get it. Warrior fans want to feel great thoughts and, and think and believe. And that's great, believe. But it, it can't be, hey... Amazing first round series win now it's, now it 's back to to win him the title i 'm with you one hundred percent. I mean these games are going to come fast and furious in the next round and, and, and we 'll see what happens uh, we 'll we'll see what happens, but the one thing the warriors have been able to do is get themselves a hell of a chance uh, to to get the next one, which begins here in about fifty one hours uh, one wheel fill one wheel fill at chase. At Chase Center next year on ninety five seven, the game. Uh, One wheel, Phil. You enjoying the the watch party this afternoon?
7: Oh yes, JD man. Uh, good this good to hear your point of view um, on the air today and always, of course. So thank you for that. Um, I was at the watch party. I'm at every watch party, our game outside or inside, um, but to, today in particular, it was really, really. Lit out there, man. It was really lit. It was max, it was full to capacity. Um, and the energy was there. Um, and and we celebrated. Um, we're on the uh, on to the next round. Um, I agree with Fillmore on the Steph thing like, totally. Like, Steph Curry is just he just brings everybody together. I mean, it's 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 crazy. Like, um, I went to Mexico, you know what I mean, and 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 I was wearing a Warriors hat, and they're like, "Oh, Steph Curry, Steph Curry, Steph Curry!" <laughs> you know, so like he's just so galvanizing. You know what I mean?
11: Um,
7: but uh, yep, he brings everybody together. Um, and then my comments on the Lakers series, um, I I, I feel like Sacramento is gonna was was like our toughest match. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think we're better matched uh versus the Lakers. So I will take your comments off air. Thank you.
5: Yeah, appreciate it. I mean, the, the Kings do put pressure on you in, in very different ways with their their relentless offense. Now, defensively, they stepped up in a big-time way, I think, to a greater level than anybody would have anticipated possible. But that relentless pressure and the Mike Brown factor of knowing the Warriors so well, uh, you know, I, I'm, I've kind of filed that thought away, Phil. I really have. The thought that that maybe the next series does in some ways wind up looking a little bit easier. But look, the Lakers have LeBron. Anthony Davis is a monster defensively. They've got a lot of length and wings and and defenders themselves that can make life difficult on on the Warriors. So they're going to have to get more out of their bench than they did in this series. They're going to have to get better performances out of Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins offensively than they did I think in this series uh, although today and throughout this series the competitive spirit you know the Warriors did not shoot the ball well today, 43 of 100, uh, especially aside from Stephen Curry. You take him out of the equation with his 20 of, of 38 and 7 of 18 from 3, and they really didn't shoot it well collectively. That's going to have to be better in the next series as the Warriors get tireder and, and the like. But uh, I hear what you're saying about Sacramento, and as far as Steph just bringing everybody together, no doubt. Uh, it, it, he He brings the whole thing together even when the rest of it looks like it's about to just spring apart at the seams and flail off into oblivion so uh big time big time uh, legendary historic all-time great performance from wardell stephen curry john in san francisco triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy before we pause what's going on john oh you be, oh we lost john let's go to josh let's sneak in josh in san jose hey josh Yo, what's up? What's up, man? What's on your mind? How are you feeling about this game? feel great. How are you feeling about this game, Josh? You called me, brother. I'm hyped up. Curry doing all of this at an age,
11: at a late age of, like I believe he's 35. Like, most guys are, like, probably worn down at that point. But I think the real MVP of this series is Kevon Looney. He deserves his jersey to get purchased. That is, without him, Curry can go over 50. He can go for 40. But the, without those rebounds Kavon Looney gives, there was no Curry scoring 50 or 40.
5: You got that right. Kavon Looney was incredible. And you look at, and I got this note from Elias here, uh, Warriors with three or more 20-rebound games in a single playoff series. Think about this. There have been three Warriors that have had 20 or more rebounds in three different games of a playoff series. Wilt Chamberlain, Nate Thurmond, and Kevon Looney. (laughs) I mean, third time he hits the 20-rebound plateau, and the Warriors needed every bit of it because the aggressor and the team who controlled the boards in individual games won the series And it's happened just 69 times in NBA history, a player that's had three or more 20 rebound games in a a single playoff series. Dwight Howard was the last player to do it in the NBA period, and that was 15 years ago. He did it in the first round with Orlando, uh, and he did it three games in that series. So Kavon Looney, uh, and you're going to want to hear what Steve Kerr had to say about Loon. And, and just his lot in terms of uh, NBA centers. Uh, 888-957-9570. Secret sauce of the game brought to you by Proposition Chicken. Chicken goes three ways, fried, flipped, and fake. Now available in nine Bay Area locations. Or order now at propositionchicken.com. What can you say about Wardell, Steph, and Curry? The most points ever scored in a Game 7 in playoff history. 50 for Steph, 20 of 38. He was the secret sauce for the Warriors in this one, 7 of 18 from 3, and he enables the Warriors to move on to the second round. Uh, Kevon Looney, the 21 rebounds we mentioned to, hat tip to Loon and the Warriors' defense in the second half in particular. They held Sacramento to 42 points in the second half. Warriors dominate 64-42 in the second half from down 2. They win by 20. To move on, win this best of seven series four games to three. All right, we'll come back. We'll get back to the phones. We'll hear from Steve Kerr and Steph and Clay. Warriors win at 120 to 100. And you heard it right here 95 7 the game.
2: Now, get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562 314 4603 for details.
4: Curry drives, scores. He's got 50. A 50 point playoff game for Stephen Curry in a Game 7.
2: Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game.
5: Warriors beat the Kings 120-100. to 100. They take the series four games to three. John Dickinson back at Golden 1 Center in Sacramento. 8 at 8, 957 9570 8 957 Warriors will take on the Lakers Tuesday. Game 1 of Round 2 from Chase. In downtown San Francisco, Warriors with home court advantage in the old 6-7 matchup in the Western Conference second round. Uh, What an afternoon for Stephen Curry here in the state capital of California. 50 for Steph, a 50-piece, and Kevon Looney, 21 boards, a lot of great defense. Others really pitching in on the grit and grind for Golden State, and they escape and survive and advance to take on the Lakers so LeBron and Steph going at it for a fifth time in the playoffs let's go to Ricky in Boston back to the phones we go Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. what's going on Ricky what's
12: going
5: on JD unbelievable doing, man? performance I'm, I'm, I'm still I'm still kind of having that what did I just see like feeling here as we're we're making our way through the show this afternoon
13: yeah, man, that was that run, man. That that that's like the greatest performance. Of, of single you know, what Curry did today, man. Single hit performance, 50 points in Game Seven, man. That was awesome to watch, man. You know, Looney was playing like, uh, like a 2.0 Dennis Rodman, you know, grabbing every rebound, you know, just being, you know, a force down there. And you know, besides, he's giving you what, like 10, nine points this series too. So he's scoring, so that's a plus. You know, with Clay, man, I mean. <laughs> That was just horrible to watch, man. You know, as a Clay Thompson fan, I'm just kind of disappointed to see that man. He was going at one point; he was one for ten, as I believe. You know, he he had his little moments in the third quarter, but you know, he can't play like that. You know, going, you know, to the next round or even further, possibly, because he, like it's just going to get exposed. Jeff M. Gundy on the broadcast said one thing about Clay; he's playing too casual, and at times he he looks casual out there, man. He's just like, I don't know, like it's just like you know, he's not really, I don't know, like, you know, playing like he, he wants to play, like he's just like, he looks lazy out there for some reason, and sometimes you just yeah. see him standing like a statue and not moving without the ball,
12: and I told
5: him. Thank, thanks, Ricky, appreciate it, uh, sounds like we lost Ricky there, I, I, I don't know if it's casual, I think his style of play at times just looks casual, even when it's not casual, but offensively, they're going to need more from Clay Thompson if they're going to advance and, and win the next series, point blank. And, yeah, he was having an awful game at 1 of 10. He fell asleep on a couple of Sacramento offensive rebounds that that gave the Kings extra possessions in the first half and a couple extra buckets in the first half. The defense wasn't totally there in the first half, although he was, he was trying. But as the game went on, he locked in and did other things. So I don't know what the conversation was at halftime between the coaching staff and Clay, or whether Clay, who's a pretty sharp guy and and understands what needs to be done on his own, once he's able to to remove himself for a minute and and think he had an excellent floor game in the second half, even though he ends up 4 of 19. And and look, the second half wasn't much better. He was 1 for 10. He ended up 3 for 9 in the second half, although the four-point play at the end of the third quarter was massive to put the Warriors up 10 because it felt, as we talked about in the first segment, as if the Warriors were going to let the Kings off the hook. They're getting all these stops, stop after stop after stop. Looney's clearing the board. Looney's getting offensive rebounds after misses, and Wiggins can't make a layup. Clay can't make a jumper. Nobody could make anything. The Warriors are missing free throws. Steph's missing free throws. Clay's missing free throws. All of this stuff is going on. Wiggins is missing free throws, and the Warriors are getting the offensive rebound, and they just can't put the bucket, you know, the ball in the bucket. And that three at the end of the quarter, I I was thinking, hey, if the Warriors are only up four going to the fourth quarter or six going to the fourth quarter, that's trouble. But for him to bury that deep three, and that was a deep one, that was about a 27, 28 footer, and get fouled by Terrence Davis and hit the free throw, and so the Warriors were up 10, and it felt like the score was indicative of of how well the Warriors played in that quarter, and it ended up 35-23, but for a good chunk of it, it looked like the Warriors weren't going to quite make Sacramento pay. They did, and then they were able to put the game away in the fourth quarter, outscoring the Kings 29-19. to But make no mistake, Clay has to be better. And and he was going to be one of the the talking points if if things had gone the other way for sure. But now you can you can breathe, you can ke- you can move forward, and and I think the Warriors will, will expect that they'll get uh, a better performance from Clay here in in this in the second round. Greg in Oakland next here on Warriors wrap up. What's going on, Greg? Hey, how you doing? Can you hear me all right? I got you loud and clear, Greg. What's uh what's on your mind?
11: Right on. Hey, I just had to say a big shout-out to the fans of this whole series. This was just really, really wonderful to see jerseys standing next to jerseys and a real camaraderie around basketball. And I know we're neighbors, but I really hope that the larger basketball community and the larger sports community will look at this and go, wow, man, there's some fans enjoying the game together. And the last thing I want to say is I just was really touched by Chandler's call. And I want to throw down a, a, a challenge to the Warriors. I think Chandler deserves to have a signed number thirty jersey on her wall. That is really an example of bringing your heart to fandom, and it makes me really emotional. And I really just, I, I really want to give it to the Warriors organization and to the Kings. Man, just a great, great series. And I'll take any comment off there.
5: Yeah th- thanks Greg I appreciate it yeah Chandler and Alameda who called earlier it, it was just spectacular I mean her her thoughts on just the connection between her life and her heroes and her her experiences and 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 this team. I mean, it really is the epitome of what what sports are, are all about. And and I'll be honest with you, it, it had me a little bit emotional too, Greg. Uh, try, you know, and and you know, a lot of people don't know, but I I grew up to your point on the camaraderie and and everything around basketball. You may not know it, but but some do that, that listen here. I mean, I grew up in Sacramento, and you know, the first NBA game I ever went to was a Kings game. And, you know a lot of my family and, and friends uh, were Kings fans and I worked in Sacramento for a decade and covered the Kings and before going to the bay and I've been in the bay for the last 12 years, And, you know, this series for me on that note, as far as the camaraderie and and it got a little it got a little clunky at times. It got a little back and forth. It got a little got a little heated, I thought, at times, at least between uh, the maybe the radio stations and and personalities in in both markets and on social media. It can get ugly from time to time. And I think a few people got caught up in that. uh, Yours truly included. Uh, But but I think at the end, cooler heads did prevail. And the ratings would tell you that that the country loved this series. Now, whether that was some Warrior hate and and people rooting for Sacramento because they wanted to see the Warriors go down, or Warrior love and and Steph Curry love and the people that have attached themselves to Golden State over this last decade when they've been dominant and and in dynasty mode, I think it was probably a little part of, of everything. I think the atmosphere in both buildings, especially the atmosphere here in Sacramento with the storyline behind the Kings fans not being in the playoffs for 17 years and playing the defending champs and their neighbors. And and, and this was a series that, you know, not only was it 38 years in the making just based on the time that the Kings have been in in Sacramento and these two teams never facing each other in the playoffs, they'd never even made the playoffs in the same year uh, since the Kings moved in in 1985. And I was a real little one at, at that point in time. And always have I been a lover of basketball and watch the Kings and watch the Warriors and listen to both games on the both teams on the radio uh, over the years because I was able to get both games on the, both teams on the radio a lot. So uh, I'll be honest, if not for the Kings, uh, to, to put it perfectly bluntly, in, in, in my childhood, uh, I probably wouldn't be talking to you. And, and doing this show and, and being on the radio and, and having the career that I've been lucky enough to have here over the last 20 years, uh, even still as a, as a relatively young guy. So while we're, while we're all getting in our feelings and, and sharing our experiences a little bit, that's one I will say. Uh, I'm, I'm glad this series happened. I'm glad it played out. I got a lot of friends in in both places, and it was just a lot of fun to see it be so dramatic and just so exciting and, and to have so many special moments and yeah, we'll see about the Kings moving forward. I mean, who knows? You know, they they could be a team that, that could be quite good here moving forward with uh, a lot of really terrific young players. Eight at eight, nine five seven, ninety five seventy, triple eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero. Andrea in Berkeley next. What's up, Andrea? Who are you? Or is it Andre? Oh no, it is Andrea. Hello. Yeah. Hey Andrea. Hey Andrea. Yes, How I was gonna you?
14: say great game for staff. And um, I thought I'd share his sports astrology.
5: Let's
9: yeah,
14: do it. Oh, can you hear me? I know Mercury's retrograde. I, I, <laughs> I got you. you I,
5: I got you, Andrea. Okay, yep, got I got it. you. What do you okay, got? So, Go for was it real quick. born
14: March 14, 1988, 1.51 p.m. in Akron, Ohio. Actually, the same hospital as LeBron James. How about that?
2: Right. And Yeah, um, a little nugget for the next series.
14: He's an intuitive Pisces. And he's having a Jupiter return. John, this happens once every 12 years. Jupiter in Taurus. And Jupiter's about expansion, abundance, and good fortune. And obviously he scored 50 points in the game today. That was awesome. That was an all-time record for game seven. And, um, this is, uh, Jupiter's like the Santa Claus of the zodiac. He makes things bigger, more, and better. So it's a cycle of abundance and expansion, and it's really perfect timing um, for what's happening. And he was very intuitive. He said earlier in the pregame, it's important to keep your composure. Don't let yourself be a victim of yesterday's game. And sure enough, you know, he just, uh, the beauty of the moment, the abundance just unfolded.
5: Yes, it did. And and Warrior fans were able to enjoy it, and Sacramento fans, had to deal with it and it's the reason the Warriors are moving on and the Kings are, are going home. Good good stuff from from Andrea and Berkeley. I, I didn't know that what Pisces is the Santa Claus of the Zodiac. Interesting. Interesting stuff here, but, but yeah, we're having a we're having a lot of different vibes on on Warriors wrap up here. Good good late Sunday afternoon. Take a deep breath. Move on to the next series. Celebratory type of a show here with uh, Chandler checking in here earlier from Alameda and Filmo and and Greg and and everybody else. So good stuff. Let's uh, let's keep those vibes going with Anthony. In Vallejo, and I'm told it's it's Anthony and Aria, your daughter. Your 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 daughter is Aria, Anthony.
14: Yeah, it's me and Aria, my ten year old daughter. Woo! Hi. A-
8: <laughs> hey, Aria. Hey, we wanted. To- Hi.
14: We wanted
11: to ask. So, Steph got a forty. A forty points is a forty burger, right? In sports terminology. If you get fifty points, sure. what is it? A filet mignon.
5: I, I think it you know what that I like that it's a, it's a fi- it can be a 50 burger it can also be a 50 piece uh with like uh, maybe your chicken nuggets it could be like your ch- but but I get it. you know chicken nuggets burgers it's still kind of in the same in the same category, I, I like what you, where you're going with filet mignon, though, Anthony. But yeah, I think it's you know, Giannis when he had 50 in the clinching game of the finals. I guess he went to McDonald's after the game and ordered a 50 piece, which was something that was kind of funny and, and went viral. So, uh, Anthony, if you're still there, I, I think it's a 50 piece. So, Warrior fans that want to celebrate, get, get yourself some, get yourself some nuggy nugs. <laughs> get the 50 piece. Appreciate you calling. Appreciate. Aria calling as well. Anthony, you still there? No. We lost. All right. We dropped Anthony. Uh, Manuel in Dublin, 888-957-9570. Manuel, appreciate you chiming in here on Warriors Wrap Up with J.D. on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Manuel.
11: Hey, J.D., man. You know, it did get a little touch and go with this series, man. I, I was I was super nervous. I mean, I, I thought that my my concern level after uh, Game 5 was at, at a peak um, – but uh, excuse me, after game six. Um, but, you know, what the Warriors did is, is just championship DNA, like we've all said, where there's so many Warrior fans that get accustomed to this. But today was just, just unique, the way that you, you could tell Curry was gassed. On, on, I thought he was a little gassed on game six. And then the comeback and the way he played was just absolutely incredible. But I want to talk to you real quick. Um, what do you see the matchups? I mean, who's going to guard uh, LeBron? Is, uh, is uh, Looney going to be trying to get with Anthony Davis on the floor? I know Anthony Davis has been playing good. Um, and, and then, you know, with D'Lo, going to have a little little juice with this series. I'm excited. And, of course, a little, like, commute with a two-hour flyer, hour-and-a-half flight to L.A., whatever it is. Um, that favors for the Warriors getting a little rest. But um, what, 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 what's the odds coming out now on this series? Are there, who's favorite in game one?
5: Yeah, I, I, let me. You know what? Let me look at it, Manuel. You know, I I hadn't gotten to that point. I know I've kind of joked that that I might need a day to kind of get reoriented, but I'm looking at the early. I, I don't see the early line, Sterling. If you got the early line on Game One, my app that I go to hasn't updated yet for for Game One of Warriors Lakers. So if you if you've got some of the odds on the series, feel free to feel free to put them in my ear or even just crack the mic open and 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 bring it to the to the table here. Uh, but yeah, LeBron. I mean, Wiggins is going to have to spend some time on LeBron. Draymond, obviously, he'll get some time on LeBron. The Warriors are going to have to put somebody on D'Lo that can cover. You know, Payton will get some turns. I think Wiggins will get some turns there. I, I know, you know, the Warriors banished Jonathan Kaminga in this series, and and rightfully so. and and, and I know. You know, that's something that I mentioned even after game one that I thought they were probably going to eventually have to do in this series, just not the series for him. But, you know, the one thing that, that Steve Kerr has said a lot is that each playoff series is kind of its own entity. And just because you don't play in one because of matchups as a role player, or a bench player doesn't mean you're not going to play in the next one. And your your call on LeBron and who gets a, a matchup, you Kaminga know, has played pretty well against LeBron defensively at times in the last two seasons since he's been in the NBA. So as much as Kaminga was not a fit in this series and someone that, that made himself unplayable in this series, I think the door opens again for Jonathan Kaminga to be able to play uh, in the second round against the Lakers based on the types of players that L.A. puts out there. It's a less skilled team. It's a more defensive-oriented team, and I think Kaminga's athleticism and his wing size plays a lot better. He, he did not play as well in the Kings series because the Kings have a lot of skilled guys and and not so much athletes. I think they they have some athletes and some length, but uh, Kaminga was really, I think, exposed a little bit by Mike Brown and, and, and the Kings system in this series, but the Lakers is a different story. That's more of a, you need... The six eight, six seven, six eight, you know, wing players that that can that can really scrap and claw and and have some some physical strength to go up against what the Lakers put out there. So, uh, Kaminga not a fit for the King series. Kaminga, I do think, reemerges in this Lakers series, and uh, we'll see if he's up to the up to the challenge eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero uh sterling chiming in here everything tbd but the action network has the warriors minus 164 odds to win the series with the lakers at plus 138 to win the series nothing formal on game one which is going to take place at six o'clock on tuesday at chase center and by the way you think this series was coming fast and furious with the final three games Wednesday, Friday, Sunday afternoon. This next series begins Tuesday night, and it is every other day for the duration. They go May 2nd, 4th, 6th, 8th, 10th, 12th, and 14th. That next series would end two weeks from today if it goes to a game seven. And so once it starts, it's, it's seven games basically in, in 12 days. Uh, And every other day, short trips and and not a lot of travel, obviously, the quick hour flights back and forth. But when your first round series goes seven, that means your next round series gets played every other day and so on and so forth. So that's going to be a new challenge for the Warriors that they haven't totally faced during their run uh, as champions. Because typically they're able to dispatch of teams much more quickly than they did uh, in this series against Sacramento. But regardless... The Warriors are on to the second round. They beat the Kings 120-100 to 100 right here on 95.7 The Game. Joe in San Francisco next on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, Joe. Oh, we lost Joe. So 8 at 957 9570 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. Uh, let's go ahead and get to our hardest worker of the game, which is brought to you by AC Transit. Out to Wiggins, above the break, lets it fly, no
4: good, rebound, Looney, Payton, the pool, inside, Wiggins, pump fake goes up, flips it on the rim, no good, rebound, Looney, put back, good! Looney,
5: are you kidding? Devon Looney, a ball magnet. A ball magnet, and helping the Warriors in a big-time way win two games here in Sacramento, Game 5 and Game 7, both Looney games. I know today's going to go down as the Steph Curry game, and Clay Thompson coined it that in his post-game press conference. But the two games in Sacramento were also, in many ways, Kavon Looney games. And Kavon Looney, your hardest-working player, 21 rebounds. And we had the note just a couple of minutes ago uh, with the players that have gone for 20 or more boards, three times in a playoff series. It's Wilt Chamberlain, Nate Thurmond, and Kevon Looney. Hadn't been done in the NBA since 2008 by anyone. Dwight Howard, the last player to do it. And so Kevon Looney thought about giving it to Steph, and he would have deserved it had he gotten it. But we're going to give the nod to Kevon Looney for the hardest working player of the game. Brought to you by AC Transit. AC Transit is looking for hard workers and is offering a $2,000 bonus for new bus operators and journey-level mechanics to join their team. For complete details and to apply, visit actransit.org slash careers. That's actransit.org slash careers. All right, If you want to weigh in on... Game 7, you want to weigh in on the next series. we got some people that want to talk on the phone line, so we'll keep things rolling, but we'll go ahead and pause here. We'll let everybody catch our breath. We'll get back to it rapid fire. We'll hear from Steve Kerr and others in the post-game press conferences. Warriors are moving on. They win the series four games to three. They win game seven over the Kings 120-100. to 100, And you heard it all right here on 95. Eight seconds to go. Curry with a dribble at midcourt. Runs over, gets doubled, pass over to Clay. Clay a
4: deep three right side. Good! And a foul! He got fouled by Davis with 1.4 to go in the corner.
2: Now back to Warriors wrap-up on 95-7, the game.
5: Biggest shot that Clay hit in this ball game was that one. The four-point play in the final second of quarter number three. Capped a 35-23 Warriors quarter, put them up ten going to the fourth, and the Warriors go on to win it one twenty to one hundred, as the Warriors went from down two at the half to up twelve, or up ten, rather, going to the fourth quarter, plus twelve in the third. One of just four buckets made from Clay, two of ten from three, but it was a huge one, and Clay Thompson didn't shoot it well. But how about a game high plus thirty? For Klay Thompson, doing other things, even though the shot wasn't falling and he got off to a bad start, and a big part of the reason why the Warriors are moving on to round two. 888 957 9570. Back to the phones we go. Omar in Oakland gets us rolling here in hour number two on Warriors' wrap up on 957 the game. Hey, Omar. Oh, we lost Omar. Mike in Daly City. What's up, Mike?
15: Yeah. That shot by Clay was the biggest shot by anybody in that game. Um, that just was a big relief. Um, by the way, the Warriors are four and a half, and the total is 227 in game one. Okay, okay, good Good looking break.
5: out, Mike. I appreciate that. For those of us that are um, – I, like, I, I may need a day and a half to get over this series and get on to the next one, but I appreciate you pushing forward and getting the info, man.
15: <laughs> yeah, but I, I just want to say that the, the main thing that the Warriors did that they – pretty much haven't done all year maybe eight or ten games you could find that they did this all year just getting back on defense You, you don't have to steal the ball you don't have to stop them from getting to the hole um for 24 seconds just stop them from getting a layup after you score that that they did a better job they had two or three by murray i think but in the past they've had like 10 of those every game and it really is a killer and they pretty much got rid of those today. I thought that was a big deal.
5: Yeah, they did, and I think that's a really astute point. They, they, you know, sometimes you just, you know, you don't have to send everybody after an offensive rebound too, which can affect your transition defense. But one thing that Steve Kerr pointed out was the fact that the Warriors' offense put them in better position to defend. And you know it was a little sketchy at times in the first half. Some some bad shots, especially some quick ones early in in the game. But as the game went on, the Warriors really meticulously got into their offense and made Sacramento work. And and they still weren't making shots other than Steph, but they were getting enough offensive rebounds and then making the Kings defend again for twenty seconds and then getting the rebound again. And I think they broke the Kings. In that third quarter, just with the relentless pressure that Kevon Looney put on on the offensive glass and slowing the tempo down allows you to get back on defense and that coupled with the fact that the Warriors didn't turn the ball over. The Warriors not turning the ball over was also key. Seven turnovers, the fewest in a playoff road game in franchise history. And so some of that is ball pressure, and I know there's been this debate as to how great the Kings' defense was in this series versus how many unforced turnovers the Warriors had and how sloppy the Warriors played, and that was on full display in Game 6. But the fewest in a playoff game in franchise history tied for the second fewest in a playoff game since 1971, and so the Warriors ended up with seven. Uh, And yeah, impressive, impressive stuff for the Warriors uh, as they wind up uh, getting the win in this one by 20. Let's go back to the phones. We'll keep it moving with Daniel in Belmont. What's going on, Daniel?
12: So
14: I am a huge Warrior fan, and my favorite player is Steph Curry, like a bunch of you. like I don't see much um, Sacramento Kings, and... Curry is just like my dream. I want to become <laughs> Steph Curry. He's so cool. He's like, he's like, oh, can I have the ball? Give me three. Bang! He just makes all the shots. He's so cool.
5: Thanks, Daniel. Appreciate it. Good call from Daniel. Yeah, that's pretty much what he did today. And it's what he's done a lot uh, throughout the course of of his career. And and what kid doesn't want to be Steph Curry in in the Bay and and really around the country? Uh, No doubt about it. Well well summed up right there from Daniel uh, in Belmont. Daniel, have a wonderful Sunday and uh, enjoy the school week coming up here. I know you'll be headed to school and... Feeling a lot better about things than you would have had the Warriors not won this game today, Ken and San Leandro eight at eight nine five seven ninety five seventy Ken you got some big shoes to fill here, following up daniel what 's on your mind, brother
16: <laughs> you got that right you know um, i 'm sixty five years old, originally from Phoenix uh, was wanting Phoenix to win a championship my entire life. Then in 96, well, Phoenix never did it, but in 96 I moved to the Bay Area and I get to watch the Warriors. And they did some things. When they when they got bogus back in the day, I was like, wow, these guys are heading in the right direction. And um, I've always been a fan of the big man and the guard. And uh, I've watched some great guards play the game. But I have to say that today, Steph Curry showed me he was the best guard I've ever seen play. And Kevon Looney, awesome big man play. Awesome. Thanks for uh, taking my call, sir.
5: Yep, you got it. Uh, and, And you never know, might be the Warriors and the Suns coming up in the next round, although Denver got the jump on them last night. And, yeah, today was... Pretty much all about Steph Curry and, and Kevon Looney doing it in the ways that they best do it, and leading the Warriors to a huge Game Seven victory. Eight at eight eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. Let's go over to the press conference room inside Golden One Center here in Sacramento and give uh, everybody a chance to hear the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, as he addressed the media following this Game Seven win over the Kings
17: before i take questions i want to say congrats to uh sacramento to to mike and his staff and his team they were incredible um had an amazing season and uh this was a uh a, a fantastic series i mean uh, just great basketball for 7 games um they've had uh frankly a, a much better season than we have we've been kind of up and down all year, as you know, and they put together a a, a whole season where they just became a contender and um, the the young talent the coaching um, it's just it was impressive to watch and really difficult to play against so uh congrats to the to the kings um, We are thrilled to move on um, and i and there's a lot to lot to discuss. Um, I think the first thing, two things that come to mind are Steph Curry having 50 points in a game seven. Never been done before. Incredible. And Kevon Looney um, just keeps doing it every, every game. Um, 21 boards tonight, 10 offensive. I thought he controlled much of the game with his offensive boards. Um, he, I think Loon is one of the best centers in the league. I I really do. And people don't recognize it because he's not dunking and shooting threes and all that stuff. But this guy is a flat-out winner, and he's a machine. And um, we wouldn't be here without him. So with that, um, I'll take questions.
4: Steve, were you... Drawing up stuff to get Clay to get Steph the ball, to Steph open, get Steph shots, or was that just Steph finding it? Uh,
17: the, so the the biggest factor offensively tonight was our spacing, and uh, in Game Six our spacing was uh, a disaster, and um, the whole focus yesterday was. Um, you know, looking at film, um, seeing seeing why there was nowhere to go. Um, and we were we were just cluttered. Um, so I thought today we spread the floor really well. The guys were uh, really disciplined and um, it, that gave Steph more room. But he's the one who made, went out and made the place. So um, we just were smart. Seven turnovers for the game, um, 25 assists. We, we just made simple plays over and over again, and uh, we talk about it all the time. We usually don't do it, but today we did it, and uh, that's, uh, that's what we had to do to win this series.
1: Steve, a lot of people talk about championship DNA, and sometimes that talk kind of elicits Rolls of the eyes, and you know, like, oh, is there really such a thing? Did we just see that?
17: No doubt, no doubt. Game seven. Um, game sevens are difficult. You saw how many free throws were missed. You know, by both teams. These guys are all human, and everybody's nervous, and and uh, so there's a, a there's a, a need to have experience in game sevens, and and our guys have that. Our, our core guys, and um, I think what it takes is. Um, just taking the game possession by possession, which our guys did beautifully tonight, uh, not thinking about the outcome, just thinking about the process and repeating and repeating and repeating and breathing, and breathing during the timeouts and staying locked in and staying focused and our guys did that, um, but they 've learned to do that um, through through a decade of you know these type of games, so uh, the most impressive thing to me with with Steph, Clay, Draymond, Loon, Andre, um, to do this for a decade—it's incredible. Yeah. The the energy that it takes um, to fight off challengers year after year, and to you know have to prepare and win big games and doing it over and over again Um it's, it's a reason these guys are Hall of Famers and champions um this is not a not a one-year flash in the pan this is a decade that they've done it and uh, it's incredible to watch
18: steve uh you oh uh a couple times you were caught on tv uh talking to steph on the sidelines can you tell us a little bit about what what you were saying to him and also you've seen him a lot so does he ever surprise you what he
17: does uh he doesn't surprise me um we all take him for granted because he's brilliant night after night. And we've been watching this for 10 years and we just, you know, you just have to remind yourself every once in a while, big picture. And this is one of the great players in the history of the game. Um, But that's how I felt, um, you know, back when I, in my playing days, you know, with uh, Michael Jordan, you just, You'd see it night after night, so you just took it for granted. So that's how it is with Steph. You just—it's over and over and over again. And um, the uh, the resilience and the um, the work that goes into that, and the focus—it's um, incredible to watch. Um, I guess. The, we were just taking a lot of timeouts. You asked about what what, what our discussions were. It was just about getting rest. And we, we we took a a few timeouts during the game just to to get him a chance to breathe and and our other guys. Um, and um, all I remember saying to him and the and the group was just you know focus on the next possession and and uh, don't worry about results. Just keep you know. Doing all the things we've talked about all series long, you know, rebounding, taking care of the ball, possession after possession, and if tonight was the best uh, game plan discipline that that we've had all year for sure, and one of the great games that I can remember since I've been here in terms of being that locked in for 48 minutes, and that's what it took.
18: Tony Harvey, NBC Sports Radio, Coach Kerr, um, the other night at 11:30. Regular season on the road record, that's just a minimum. You don't want to last two straight in this building on the road. Uh, Does that kind of like justify, you know, what you meant the, the other night when you won here, uh, that this is what your team looked like, you know, when they're all together and they're all healthy?
17: Uh, yeah, but uh, the other night, that's what our team looks like sometimes, too, you know, in game six. And uh, it's not easy. To, to do this, to, to have a performance like this. Uh, you can't do that every night. Um, so there are going to be letdowns. And the other night we, um, we played poorly and Sacramento was great, and that's why we had to come in here and, and do what we just did today. Um, but that's what the playoffs are about. Um, you have to be able to, uh, to bounce back and uh, respond and win on the road, and our guys have been doing that for a long time.
5: All right, so Steve Kerr there with his thoughts on the big Game 7 victory. We got full phone lines, so let's get back to it. 888 957 9570, and we'll keep it rolling here with Safe at Third in San Francisco. What's going on, Safe? Hello, Safe at Third. Are you there? Gone. Vince in San Jose. Hey, Vince. You're on Warriors' wrap up on 957 the game. Vince, turn your radio down. All right, let's put Vince on hold. Rafi and Berkeley. Rafi and Berkeley, you're here on Warriors Wrap Up on ninety five seven the game. Hey Rafi. Hey J D, how
10: you doing? Always always a pleasure. Good. Uh, Appreciate it. Thanks know, for loved, calling in. I love the I love the game. I loved watching or I mostly listened to it really, but you know, before the series started, I called in and talked to some of the guys. Steining guru, and this this series also was my fear, and maybe you could speak to that. (laughs) In that high usage, high minutes on our core, and we I don't I don't think we can. I don't know. I'd love to hear what you think about it. I don't think we can keep going on through the playoffs and, and think that we can play our guys this many minutes, especially when we start to go back to back. I think you're starting to see it a little bit. And, uh, you know, Steph dug real deep tonight, I think, to, to, to do what he did, but I just don't see that happening for another series. So I'll take your thoughts off the air. Thanks, guys.
5: Yeah, th- thanks, Rafi. Look, they the high usage and all of that is part of the deal if you want to try to advance. And I'm with you. I thought Steph did dig deep and, and bring something special to the table to, to enable the Warriors to, to close this thing out and, and ultimately win it. But... You know, there's a there's a fine line between do you want to bring more players into the equation and risk losing, which I think would have been the case had the Warriors done that to any greater degree than they did in this series. I think if the Warriors do that, they lose this series. So they didn't. And and that's the fine line. And we've seen the Warriors do this to other teams as the playoffs have gone on over the years where. You know They make these other teams be high-usage teams, and eventually they, they break down and or run out of gas, and it's been a big part of the Warriors' secret sauce as the better team through the decade for the most part. And so, yeah, this series was an excellent series, and it was a beautiful game today and a, a high-level, fun-to-watch series top to bottom. But this series is going to take a pound of flesh from the Warriors moving forward. It, it will take it, – it will make the next series – harder to win, and it already has just based on the fact that the Warriors are now in this stretch of they're going to play every other day and already have been playing every other day for the duration of the next series, and if that series goes six or seven games, they're probably going to do it in the conference finals should they be fortunate enough to, to advance and play well enough to, to be able to advance, and so it is a catch-22 in that do you ride it out with the main guys and the guys that you trust at the risk of it breaking down or or the wheels coming off or you run out of gas? Or do you try to implement other players and then risk the fact that you may get down in some of these series or lose based on the fact that you're not playing uh, your best players for the the greatest amount of time? I thought the Warriors balanced it as well as they could in this series, towed the line at times, but did enough, obviously, to be able to prevail in the series. I think if you're looking for times to try and mix in more players and limit the minutes, I think it's the first couple of games of this next series at home. I think it's this week. You try to dial it back a little bit. I think really the first three games, assuming you're not looking at an 0-2, you can play with it a little bit. But once you get into game four, and especially five, six, and on, you really have to cut down to who your best players in that particular series are, and you have to let the chips fall where they may. And if the wheels come off the the wagon, then – it's not meant to be and you tip your cap and you weren't the, a good enough team to to survive and and advance. And so it's part of the, the story of the playoffs that every team deals with who's playable at the beginning, who has the best game plan, which game plan gets flipped completely over on its ear and, and which team can can push through and, and fight through the tiredness to be able to to advance. And the Warriors, fortunately for them, were able to do it. Edward is next here on ninety-five seven, The Game. Edward, thanks for calling Warriors Wrap-Up. You're on with J.D. here on a Sunday afternoon. Edward, are you there? Did we lose Edward? Looks like we lost Edward as well. Hussein in Oakland. What's up, Hussein? Yeah, I'm here. How's it going, man? What's going on, Hussein? Yep. What's going on?
12: Yeah, I just want to comment you know, I've, I it sort of hit me in today's game. You know, I watched Stephen Curry get drafted, and you get used to you know the radio hyping up your local guys. I was a you know fan pre-Curry hyping up Ellis, but today it hit me that we get the privilege of actually rooting for a top ten player. You know, I have friends who grew up in LA and rooted for Kobe. You know, in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, and you know when you're a local guy, you see him grow up, go through adversity, ankle injuries, and he comes out. And dropped a 50-burger. You know, we just finished up Ramadan. And I had to eat early with a 50-burger. It's just absolutely <laughs> crazy. And you know, there's a lot to comment on on our death and that sort of thing. But, I mean, to watch this, I mean, to me, this is his second-best performance in the playoffs after Game 4 in Boston. I'm just in awe of the man. It's one thing to be amazing. It's another thing to do it consistently. You know, shout-out to Curry and everything he represents for the day. I'm just a proud fan today.
5: Yeah, it, it, it was spectacular, and and that was sort of the conversation here in Sacramento after the game, Hussein. It was the, the fact that, you know, where does it rank among the all-time great Curry performances and also the all-time great Game 7 in any series performances, especially a, a non-finals type Game 7. And so you look at it, and Steph goes for a playoff career high. He had 47. Uh, 50, and the most points ever in any Game 7 in NBA history. And so, to me, I think you could make the case that non-finals, this was the best playoff game of Steph Curry's career, especially given the circumstances and the Warriors being ground down to a point where it looked like they might break today physically because of the stress of the whole series and and the the level of play that the Kings put on them and and all of that. And so for Steph to basically put this team on his back from an offensive standpoint, the question coming into today, we talked about it on Warriors Live, who's going to come along for the ride with Steph? Who's going to join the party with Steph? The Warriors were going to have to have somebody be able to do it. And they really didn't they really didn't. Yeah, they had four and double figures, but the next high scorer for the Warriors in this game was Wiggins, with 17. Clay had 16 and was 4 of 19. Wiggins was 5 of 16. Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins couldn't make a freaking shot at all in this game. Wiggins, 1 of 5, couldn't make free throws. 6 of 10 for, for Wiggins. Uh, they did get a, a couple of buckets from Jordan Poole. Poole hit a couple of big threes, and you know all of his minutes felt like a high-wire act t- today, but they got just enough out of Poole to make the rest of it work with all the different substitutions. But it, there wasn't really a secondary guy that came along for the ride with Steph. It was just Steph was the first and the second guy in this one. He went for his 25 or 30 and then went for another 20 on top of it he was he was number 1 and number 2 and then you had wiggins and clay and and looney a little bit with some of the tip-ins and and the like to get to 11 and you add it all up and it winds up being enough but yeah unbelievable fifth warrior to score at least 50 in a playoff game wilt chamberlain did it four times i mean think about that wilt chamberlain is, these are the five warriors to score 50 in a playoff game and the first the first three names before you get to Curry, are, are incredible. And then you've got the one outlier player in what was a, a memorable uh, you know, game as, as any. Will Chamberlain, Rick Berry, Kevin Durant. Warriors to score 50 in a playoff game. I mean, think about it. We're talking all-time legendary greats. And then Sleepy Floyd did it on Mother's Day in 1987 in the Sleepy Floyd is, is Superman game with the with the huge quarter and everything that, that went along with it there. But yeah, just just spectacular stuff from from Steph Curry, uh, and the Warriors needed every bit of it, and he provided it, and it was one of those afternoons where I think Warrior fans are never going to forget this one because of everything that was on the line, and the 18-series Western Conference playoff winning streak that now becomes 19, avenging what was one of the more perplexing and ugly defeats in Game Six with a chance to close the series out against the Kings on Friday at Chase, and moving on to get another crack at LeBron and the, and the Lakers. I mean, this was this was up there. This might have been an all-time playoff game from Steph Curry, non-finals with the with the fifty piece and leading the Warriors to victory. And again, we mentioned this earlier: second player age thirty-five or older to score two hundred points in a playoff series. Michael Jordan is the other. He did it in a couple of playoff series in 98 in both the Eastern Conference Finals and the NBA Finals. Just just incredible stuff from Steph Curry. All right, back to the phones we go. Let's give Safe at Third another shot here in, in the city. What's going on, Safe? Hey, can you hear me? Can you hear me? I got you loud and clear.
18: Okay, my brother. It's a great show today. And people, you know, if you're real Warrior fans, why worry? You know, win or lose, it's about trust. (laughs) And the Warriors, uh, uh, players trust one another after almost being together 10 years. And you got a coach that's been with them for the long haul. And everybody has remembered the players that they played against are like 22, 23, 24. Plus, on top of it, they got Mike Brown. Now, it's going to be different when they go down there and play against, you know, uh, Ham and his crew in the in the King James. It's going to be good. I'm not saying they're going to go out there and blow them up, but it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be a different game. So trust in what, 10 years of being together as brothers. They're brothers, man. You know, it's, it's all about trust. And they trusted one another. It doesn't matter how many points they scored or didn't score. It's about trust, doing your job. And Steph did it. He did because he could trust that they were going to do what they had to do Points to no point he they did it i was real proud of them today you know if they don't win another game today's game showed me how brilliant uh steve kerr's coaching is and how they follow behind steve kerr how they are trust man it's all about trust have a great day
5: yeah appreciate it uh and yeah steph leading the way and you're right even though It was ugly at times, especially offensively. They did have that trust to continue to grit and grind and and push their way through. And you add it all up, and it's enough for the Warriors in that third quarter when the game was kind of hanging in the balance to be able to impose their will. They imposed their will with the defense and the rebounding and with Steph Curry. Uh, and a little bit of Clay Thompson on the four-point play at the end of the quarter to ultimately prevail. Eight 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 nine five seven ninety five seventy. We're going to take our final break. Jose, TC, Dave, Vince, you're all coming up. We'll also hear from some more players in the post game interview room as the Warriors beat the Kings 120 to 100 and you heard it right here at 95.7
8: why
19: why if you why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet you might be hearing this why a lot why every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours why why because your network gives priority to cell phone users why, why? good question why not switch to Cox internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours okay stop the whys and visit Cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.
9: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port Chicago, Illinois.
20: Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making, so they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tecovas, and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tecovas on social media, and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tecovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com, and point your toes west.
4: Curry holding his pivot foot, dribbles on Murray, takes a quick three. It's up and good! Curry knocked it down! He's got 43.
2: 100 to 83, Warriors. Now back to Warriors Wrap Up
5: on ninety-five-seven. The Game. Part of the put-away run down the stretch. Warriors 120, Kings 100. Dubs take the series four games to three it 's John Dickinson back here for one more segment as we keep this thing going all the way up until Bay Area Panthers football, which is coming up at six o 'clock eight at eight nine five seven ninety five seventy uh, from Golden One Center again in sacramento and I, I should take the opportunity to to thank uh, everyone. On the Sacramento Kings public relations staff, of course, the Warriors PR staff, tremendous with Raymond Ritter and Brett Winkler and Michael Ravina and Cole Lawrence and, and everybody else. Uh, Christina Peterson, everybody does a, a terrific job on on their staff. But I do want to thank the Kings public relations staff as well for uh, allowing me uh, to be able to, to do Warriors wrap up. Here after each of these four games in this series from Sacramento, just a terrific job. They set out a a little side room that's nice and quiet and away from everybody uh, to where we could do a bunch of shows, did uh, four pre and post game shows, did a Warriors this week show here, did a bunch of hits during some some practice sessions during the first couple of games of the series and that wouldn't have been possible without the help of the Kings PR staff in allowing it and and making the room, so uh, Michael Martinez does a terrific job he's a a young rising star in the public relations industry and in the sports media industry Uh, so I really appreciate his help Shannon Malone uh, as well and Avery Jacobs, Uh, those three uh, it was a pleasure working with them as uh, both teams in a lot of these series end up working with each other on on different collaborative projects to to be able to bring everything we bring to you uh, here on a, on a nightly basis. So big thanks to uh, the Sacramento PR staff for helping everything get set up here through this series. Let's get back to the phones. 888-957-9570. Cooper and El Sobrani next here on 95.7 The Game. Thanks, Cooper. How you doing?
16: Hey, J.D. So
10: good to be on with you, brother. I was really enjoying listening to you on the, the way home from Game 5. I was lucky enough to take my pops there. Earlier this week, and it was just such a joy. And, uh, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen today, but, you know, a lot of callers have already talked about things I wanted to bring up. One thing I wanted to bring up because I was watching at my favorite bar in Rockridge in Oakland everybody loves when Looney's grabbing offensive rebounds and giving us second <laughs> chance points. And there's nothing like the bar going nuts when he gets that rebound, passes it out, and we hit a huge shot. It's so good, and I love Looney. And uh, I'm just living living in today, man, because uh, who knows what's going to come with this Lakers series. It's going to be rough. They're a big squad, but I'm just loving today, and I'm just super thankful for my boys. Have a good one, brother.
5: Yeah, appreciate it, man. Loon and those kick-out threes. We talked about it at the beginning of the series Nobody had more offensive rebound kickout threes than Loon and Sabonis was number 2 in the league so that was a big part of this series and Loon able to to set up a couple of those and yeah I think that was the thing you know game 5 was so spectacular game 6 was was so vexing I think for Warrior fans and it it really put everybody on edge I feel like in the bay for the last 24 hours since since it tipped off and the Warriors played so so awful uh, in in game six and but I think you know the one thing I think today showed and and that vulnerability among the fan base and thinking that this thing could could end in a blank because nobody was really expecting it to end in in round one uh, but I think it did. Start to put things in a little bit greater perspective as far as enjoying the ride and not having the weight of well, can they win the title? And if they don't win the title, it's a failure, and they they might get broken up, and and Bob Myers is gone, and St- and Draymond might be gone, and Clay wants a max, and all that. Like I, I think you know, I think because it's a talking point, and because of of our jobs, and you know, it's interesting. I think we get all bogged down in that, but I think the one thing the last forty eight hours. And, and maybe even the last five days have shown is just you know embrace. You know Bruce Bochy used to talk about this all the time uh, with his teams and the Giants were on their runs and and you know kind of a message to the team, but really a message to the fans too. And and look, I'm a, a caveat to the fans, you know, being able to be at these games and being able to to interact with the players and 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 interviews and press conferences and all of that. And and I just had thought to myself a lot in this series. And the high pressure packed environments of, of Bruce Bochy, and how he would just always say to the team, but to the fans, and just to everybody that was, that was fortunate enough to to be able to to watch or cover or talk or write or whatever about these games, just embrace it. Embrace how much fun it is, and 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 just. How you know one game you feel like the season is a complete loss, and then the next game you feel like this team might be able to make a run and win an NBA championship, and everything that goes along with the roller coaster ride in between. And the Warriors haven't really been a roller coaster ride over the last decade. This team much more of a roller coaster ride. Uh, maybe that helps Warrior fans; you know, they can cope with it because they're coming off a championship. But I think for at least today. Warrior fans got lost in not worrying about how it's going to end or whether it's going to get broken up or even whether they're going to go on and win ring number five. It was just something special and pure and a a win and a a vibe and and just a a celebratory all-time great individual performance from Steph, but an all-time great... Uh, just grit and grind performance from from the rest of this Warrior squad, and I think that's something everybody can appreciate. Jose, next here on Warriors wrap up. What's going on, Jose? Yeah,
7: what a, a, an all time uh, grit and grind performance from-
5: Jose. Turn that radio down for me, brother. Oh, we lose Jose. Jose, you there? Nope. TC and Lincoln, what's up, TC? Hey JD, how are
4: you? JD, can you hear me? I'm good, man. How how are you out out you in Lincoln listened.
5: out uh, yeah I got you out in Lincoln out east of east of Sac
6: yeah shout out to Lincoln
5: uh, and JD my God you're you're
6: on fire today I can't agree more with a single thing you said um, and the energy the the callers are great but I don't agree with all of them and I have to take exception to the guy that was talking about minutes. And how it's going to affect them in minutes, and and oh my God, they got to play. uh, They got to play 40 minutes. Uh, uh, JD, you've played some ball, right? Uh, Yes. On the playground, at least, if not high school, whatever. High school.
5: High school was the end of my limit, but yes, I did play in high school.
6: And you played out on the playground where you'd go out. Okay, we'd go out for hours on end. Okay. Um, So my buddy comes to me and says, come down play at this church five bucks and you were played for three hours and there's no scoring, no scoring. There's no score. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like much fun. Who wins? You know, like how do you figure out who wins? And he says, come down and try it. So I went down there. I ran up and down that court in Berkeley, man. And we would run up and down. I was 35 years old. We'd run up and down for two hours. Come out for a minute or two. It's not that and hard. Those, these guys, that's all they do. They run up and down the court.
5: Thanks, TC. I, it, there's a little more to it than that. I appreciate the call. There's a little more to it than that. But I do think, and Steve Kirk pointed this out in his pregame press conference today, he said, you know, once you get to Game 7, a lot of that weight, Uh, you're able to push through the weight of the grind of the entire series and the cumulative effect of it. He says he thought it plays more in in different games of a series as opposed to game seven. It's not nothing, but I do think it's something. and, And one thing, you know, if this Warriors team can get to a point in the next series where they can taste it, I think they might have the ability to push through another series, but then it just gets tougher as it goes on like that's just very real I also though wonder if there comes a point for this team if they get to where they're close enough to where they believe that they can still win the title like I don't think they're there yet like right now I think it's just survival and advancing and getting to the next day and what's the next matchup gonna look like like to me that's where the Warriors sit right now but there could come a point Probably not even in the Lakers series. It probably would have to be winning the Lakers series and getting to a conference finals, where Warriors may say and start to believe that they can win it. And I think at that point, maybe they hit another gear and something you know they're able to get a little bit of juice from that. That might be able to get them through a conference finals. And then you see what's left for the finals and your matchup at that point. And it's a whole different animal. But then you're getting a little more time in between games. There's two days off before every game in the finals, except for one. I'm getting way ahead of myself, but the point is it's not nothing. All of the games in basketball and cumulative impact that the Warriors faced in this series impacting the next one. It is going to be a factor. There's no doubt about it. It is going to be a factor, and the next series starts on Tuesday, and those games are going to be every other day for the duration. Dave in San Mateo, 888-957-9570. Hey, Dave.
16: J.D., it's a privilege to be on with you. Your insights are always remarkable. Appreciate that. Thank you. I have a simple question, and I'll take my answer off the air. J.D., would you rather have a 27-year-old Kavon Looney or a 27-year-old Ben Wallace?
5: <laughs> I'd have to go back, Dave, and look at what year that was of Ben Wallace's career. Do you remember off the top, or are you already gone? Nah, we lost Dave already. i I'd have to look at, at Ben Wallace's, was that the 2004 you know, Defensive Player of the Year, Ben Wallace? I, I think I'm rolling with Steve Kerr what he said post-game. And that is, you know, Kavon, he thinks Kevon Looney's one of the best centers in the game. And, and look, there, there's really only a handful, three to five great centers, right? You've got Jokic, you've got Embiid, and, and Damanis Sabonis, if it wasn't announced already, is going to be third-team All-NBA, at the center position. So the Warriors just went up against the third-best center in the league, statistically. The guy was an all-star. He's been a three-time all-star. And Looney held his own and did his thing. And the Warriors held their own and did their thing against him. So, uh, you know, I think one thing that does make Steve Kerr bristle from time to time is the fact that everybody kind of bitches and complains about the fact that there's no centers or no bigs on this Warriors team. And when that happens... You know, And I, it's something that's been brought up, and sure, maybe the Warriors could have a, had a better big the last couple of years as a backup, a more traditional, you know, think Alex Len for Sacramento that can get in there and clog it up and play a few minutes here or there. But Kevon Looney's a damn good big, and Kavon Looney has showed in the playoffs over and over, over the years why he is a damn good big, and, and he did it again in this series. You could look at top to bottom and the numbers, Sabonis ended up putting up numbers today, and put up numbers at different points in the series, but here's the reality. The Warriors won the center matchup in this series, now that it's all said and done. You know, we were talking about the back and forth between Steph and Fox and who ends up being the best player in the series, and Steph cemented that in a big way today with the 50, and the Warriors winning the series, obviously. But who won the center matchup in this series? The Warriors did. And and you know they made Looney, or they made Sabonis unplayable at times. There were lengthy stretches of this series where the Warriors were, uh, or the the Warriors were more vulnerable when Sabonis wasn't even on the floor, including in Game Six. And so you look at that as where Looney stacks up, and I think it's it's pretty self explanatory. Sal in San Francisco, next here on Warriors Wrap Up. Hey, Sal.
7: Hey, what's going on?
9: I just want to say I was courtside watching the game, and Looney. Is a beast. Man, the way he was battling. And you was right. It seems like the Kings was better without Savannah's so on the floor. And to me, I feel like Looney, he was the
10: guy. He was the key for this series.
5: Huge. I think beyond Steph, Looney was the second most important player of the series, top to bottom. When he did what he did in Game 3 without Draymond, and then Draymond comes back and he does it again in Game 5, and then the performance. I mean, he was their second best player today behind Steph Curry, and they needed every bit of it. Vincent Martinez is going to be the final call. Then we'll hear a couple of minutes of Steph Curry, and we'll call it an afternoon. Hey, Vince. Oh, we lost Vince. All right. Uh, That'll do it as far as the phone calls. Good news is, though, we get to do it again on Tuesday because the Warriors are moving on. Let's go back to the interview room here at Golden One Center and hear from the man himself. 50-piece Wardell Stephen Curry.
8: Steph, um, congratulations on the win tonight and on 50 points. uh, His historic you keep making history in these games what went through your head at the start of this game knowing that you were going to have a loud crowd to do the game that you did tonight
3: No, this has been a. a, It was a really fun series. It was tough uh, from game one to to game seven, and it was you know kind of a a vibe of of different adjustments from game to game. And based on how game six went, we knew that they were probably going to stick to the same kind of formula, playing mostly small, uh, you know, different rotations and that allowed us to kind of go back to the drawing board on how we wanted to attack their defense and keep the game as simple as possible and to the pace that that we like it, and that was a lot of pick-and-roll, um... A lot of just organized offense that gave us a, a good a good start. We we got some some good looks to to open up the game, and that allowed us to connect our our our, our offense and defense together. We say that a lot, and that's a big part of of who we are and, and how we were successful. So for me, it was just about being aggressive in that scheme and being as consistent as possible, and. Obviously, I got up 38 shots for a reason because, you know, we, we started to see where the holes were and I could be ultra aggressive to get looks and it worked.
18: Steph, uh, in the first half, yeah, you missed the f- two free throws back to back. And the next couple times you went to the free throw line, the cameras were on you. It looked like you were smiling, almost, you know, beaming, I guess you could say. But um, what was that about? Why? You know. Attitude can manifest a lot of things, and I told
3: Q on the sidelines I was never—I've missed four or five free throws the last two games. Not like me, but never over uh, overthink it. Just enjoy the, the the moment. So the smile was intentional, on trying to just be in, in the present and. Uh, as simple as it is, it's just trying to make a free throw, so uh, I like to have fun with it.
17: Steph,
4: Dray- Draymond just referred to Malik Monk saying you guys were old and might have been referenced in other places. How, how much motivation do you get out of that? How much is this this team that's been together for so long has won so much just trying to kind of fight back people saying it's over for you
3: guys? I think the competitive spirit is always in us, and we didn't need any sound bites to motivate us. But it did help to know, you know, they they thought they had something in the sense of the pace that you know they they tried to get it get the it game two and game six, and you know that was a talking point for them. But at the end of the day, we knew who we are, and you know these last thirty six hours of regroup and try to figure out. You know what our adjustments are going to be and how we want to come out. We had a great talk yesterday and a great film session, and you know, was, there's still nerves and anxiety, anxiousness and you know, anticipating a big a big night. But when we get out there, our experience took over and felt pretty comfortable from from the jump. So it was uh, it was a great experience.
15: Steph, it looked like. Late in the game in particular, you had some things to say to the crowd and, and you even motioned, like, looked like you were lighting the beam. Just what what goes through your head in, in moments like that?
3: I mean, it's just the playoffs. Like, there's so much built into a series, especially when you go seven games and, you know, the fans get into it and especially, you know, the Bay Area, NorCal kind of situation, their first time in the playoffs in a long time. So, you just get, you know, all that stuff kind of comes out when – you get the job done. Sometimes you're on the wrong end of it. Sometimes, uh, you know, we've we had a lot of experience of winning series, so you just let all that out. It's uh, it, This is hard. Like, this is winning at this level. Um, there's a lot of narratives and, you know, commentary throughout, you know, game to game, and you're trying to block it all out. Uh, and just focus on basketball, but at the end of it, you no, know, that's fun with it too. S-
12: Steph, Steph, right here. So obviously, you just carried the team. You got fifty points, and the Dreamer just called you, you would dominate the game. So who can stop Steph Curry? Hopefully,
3: we will never find out.
12: Another <laughs> question: how how the how does the NBA champion DNA make this team special, and to handle the I mean, Game Seven?
3: Uh, you can always go into the memory bank of, you know, how 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 you you feel in these type of environments. Because, like I said, there's still nerves and butterflies because it matters, and you know we we love this atmosphere, and we've been doing it for a very long time. So once the ball drops, like it's just playing playing basketball at the end of the day. And I think I said that after Game Six, like. You focus on the details and you, how you're trying to execute. You trust each other, everybody that's out there on the floor. We had great energy off our bench. You know, everybody who played came in with the right intentions. Uh, there was a lot of conversation and communication and togetherness on the bench, which is huge for us. Um, and everything was connected. So when that happens and then you're on the court and you have clarity about what you're trying to do, you know, good things usually happen. And it was... Uh, it was a great time to kind of put it all together on the road in Game 7.
15: Any early thoughts on the Lakers series and just how schematically different you expect that to be?
3: Um, Yeah, they're totally different than the Kings. uh, Present a lot of different challenges. We know, you know, Bron really well. Um, Played him a couple times, I think, since the trade and they look extremely different. So I know they're playing good basketball and it's weird, a six, seven C uh, series. We get home court advantage, uh so we gotta take advantage of that. Um, but they're big and we gotta be able to um have everybody, you know, locked in on our preparation over the next uh, forty eight hours and you know, even if guys didn't get much run in this in this series, um, that's the nature of the playoffs. Move on to a different team, a different style. Everybody's got to be ready um, to make those adjustments on the fly. All
5: right, so Stephen Curry there. Some thoughts after his 50-piece Warriors win Game 7 and the Warriors uh, now with the 19 consecutive playoff series wins against Western Conference teams. Longest streak going all the way back to... Uh, the 84 to 88 Celtics uh, as well. The Warriors uh, getting it done in elimination games since 2015. Seven and two, four and zero on the road in elimination games for the Warriors. And I want to give a nod to Gary Payton II. Four blocks, most in a regular season or playoff game in his career. He, his previous high was two. That'll do it. We'll talk to you Tuesday for Sterling Bennett. Everybody in our San Francisco studios. I'm John Dickinson. Warriors get the job done 120 to 100. We will talk to you from Chase Center at 6 o'clock with Warriors Live on Tuesday, game one of round two. But Bay Area Panthers football is coming your way next. We'll talk to you Tuesday right here, 95.7 The Game.